if Activision wasn't such a shitty place to work, I'd probably. <laughs> All right, let's do this. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great, like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and, of course, superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we watch Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm, ten Rings. Uh, between the two of us, we've seen it three times, so we have to see it ten seven rings. more times to fully comprehend the film. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did Ariana Grande make a song called Ten Rings? Or something. Was it Seven <laughs> you're Rings? A- you're asking the wrong person about Ariana Grande. Uh, I need to go get my wife. I think she made Seven Rings. So take her Seven plus R three. We've got Ten Rings, Mike. It works. Is, isn't there like a? Isn't there a sports person? <laughs> oh my God! This goes to show you already how much I know about sports. There's got to be somebody with like ten championship rings, right? That's know, who that's, we should be talking about. That, that's a Google question for you. You have to figure that <laughs> out. Uh, DC Fandom gives us a, a date for this year with all the fun goodies coming for us. And we talk the latest episode of What If with Doctor Strange, which, uh, yeah. you know, I really want to talk about this with you. I've, I've tried, we had a little little text conversation, but I want, I want to talk it over a little bit more. So, that yeah, we just really recorded our Shang-Chi like, uh, <laughs> review. And I'm like, we, where do we go with this? Because all of our energy was in that. It was, it was so fun to do that. Somebody named Sam Jones has won ten championships. You, you've been I don't know. This. Got it. <laughs> I, I I don't know what. I don't even know what sport this is. I, I'm assuming it's NBA because when you Google it, it, it you, most of the results are NBA. So I guess I guess the longevity of the career it makes the most sense that a uh, basketball player would have the most championships. Bill Bill Russell <laughs> uh, has eleven championships with the Boston Celtics. Well, there you go. That's basketball. So he is outpacing Shang-Chi by one extra ring. But you're yeah. running out of forearm space, to be honest. So they would they become leg rings? You know, that could be a possibility. I feel like that's like a Street Fighter character or something. I feel, I feel like there's some sort of like video game uh, character that you can pick that has like leg rings or something. I don't Let's know. just all be thankful that these weren't tin piercings for Shang-Chi, okay? Like they're all just normal <laughs> rings that, that they... They can do all sorts of stuff. That's just a, I mean, if you got to get an X or an X-ray or an MRI, that's just a lot of things to take out. Mm-hmm. Nobody has the time for all that. Right. I'm going through airport security. I mean, they're going to oh. flag you. They're going to flag you for those. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's not what we're here. We're not here to talk about all this goofy shit. So um, we'll jump in. Uh, I'm going to say what we were watching. I want to get on with some of this new stuff here. But like, I ended up finally getting to watch Fate of the Furious. And Mike, I told you this. You're like, which one is that again? And I'm. I and you you asked a fair question and I'm like what was the gimmick in this one right what was yep. the gimmick in this and it is um, essentially Dom Toretto is being blackmailed uh, to do work for um, uh, Charlie's Theron's character Cipher uh, and um, the big gimmick of this is like there's a submarine under ice and they're all racing across ice at the end of this movie so. If you remember that one, that's the one. That's that's the big it's catch the, right there. It's the submarine one, and the yeah. the newest one is all about magnets. So I'm looking forward to you uh, enjoying uh, that one. Yes, I gotta go through Hobbs and Shaw first uh, because uh, you know gotta gotta do them in watch order. That's but. the that's the exoskeleton one. We know that from the trailers. Yeah, that's got a well. It's got what's his name? Uh, it's yourself a Bloodshot and uh, Heimdall himself in it mm-hmm. as uh, someone who's like nano powered or or Beck suit or whatever. GI Joe did it already. Okay, we we all saw the first GI <laughs> Joe. We regret it, but but we all saw it. So uh, I gotta watch it. Fade of the Furious. Two more to go on that. I'm trying to knock out some of these. We're getting into fall weather here in the Midwest, and I I love fall weather because I can go outside and I can also not feel bad for staying inside. So. Uh, probably be watching some more as we kind of get this done but you you continued your your schwarzenegger your your arnold watch here yeah i'm going down the the arnold rabbit hole and there was a film uh the sixth day all about clones which you may know about from a very popular uh, mad tv sketch that i can't get out of my head where will sasso plays arnold schwarzenegger and he just goes on and on for minutes about like being a clone and it's just really really funny and uh that's the only thing i can remember about it so i was like oh maybe i should go back and watch the sixth day uh and I dove into it, and uh, this is when Arnold kind of starts to age in his career a little bit. This film came out in the 2000s, so he's playing just a normal kind of father figure who gets wrapped up in this crazy uh, clone conspiracy. 
um, but he's still a big badass and an action star. Uh, so you just can't take that out of him no matter what he's in. Even when he's in Jingle All the Way, just trying to get a Turbo Man, he's he's all also doing like fight scenes and finding big giant Santa Clauses and stuff like that. So you can't quite escape it. But this one's pretty fun because I really liked the 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 modern future kind of technology. I, I talked about that with um with a demolition man of how did people anticipate you know from the 90s of what the future would look like and we get a little bit of that here too as well and a lot of stuff ends up being pretty accurate uh there's like self-driving cars uh there's um yeah, there, there's other stuff too there's like touch screens and there's like this uh gps navigation so they got a lot of stuff right with the six day uh it is pretty fun uh, this was, was the one talk- I couldn't think of last weekend because I, I kept saying like the 13th hour or something like that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's the sixth well, day. yeah I, I do feel like this this film does suffer from the title a little bit too. Like the sixth day is supposed to be in like reference to like the creation and on the sixth day, you know, uh, but I feel like this could have had like maybe a cooler name right. in it. But there's also some fun one liners. And the best part of the movie is since it's about clones, there are chunks of the movie where Arnold gets to act alongside of himself. And it's just so ridiculous. And it's so funny uh and like because there's like no on-screen chemistry because he's like talking to nobody and then in you know in post they add another arnold schwarzenegger in there so it's just really funny to watch so if you've ever wanted to see arnold act with himself i mean the, the only place you're gonna see it is in the sixth day so you gotta go watch it yeah well and, and uh was it his name Adam or something? It was like very like yeah. biblical kind of thing. Yeah, his name's Adam, but there is like this fun little I don't know if it's like an Easter egg or what exactly is going on here. But I was watching this on on Amazon Prime and when you hit pause on Amazon, you get their little X ray feature yes. that shows you every actor that's in that scene. And when you see Arnold, you don't you see Arnold Schwarzenegger, but you don't see his character's name, you just see dot dot dot. Because the way they determine whether a person is cloned or not is you pull down their eyelid and there'll be a dot showing how many times they've been cloned. So I don't know if that's supposed to be like some sort of clever Easter egg of just like, oh, these dots, you know, because it's all about clones. But the thing is, he's only cloned like once in the movie, so I don't know why it would be three dots. So I don't know. But uh, The Sixth Day, you can go watch that. Uh, I think I'm in the middle of watching True Lies now, which another public service announcement. I was bamboozled by streaming rights and... This was available on a streaming service. I don't remember which one it was. It was either like HBO Max or maybe it was Netflix, but True Lies was being advertised to me. And then once September 1st came around, I could not find the move anymore. So luckily, Chris swooped in and saved me with his uh, Plex server. So now I can watch True Lies. So I'm in the middle of uh, watching that one. And uh, there's a couple 90s Arnold stuff that I haven't seen in a while or haven't seen at all. So those will be next up on the list. But in the meantime, while I'm waiting for those things to uh, uh, get loaded into my eyeballs, I'm playing the expansion for Ghosts of Tsushima. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it's called. It's called like something Iki Island or Iki Island expansion or something, but it's a whole new map area that they've added, and uh, it's just been really fun. I love this game. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, diving into it, and I'm trying to go against my mental grain of how I usually play this game, which is like when I find a new land, all I want to do is uncover all of the smoke so I can art and tactfully go like coast to coast edge to edge and like complete it 100% and get everything done and maxed out before I fight the final person it's like no 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 I'm going to play this one a lot more casually a lot more explorationally and then you know I can go back and cross the T's and dot the I's after I've done some more of the bigger stuff but Ghost of Tsushima it's great you got to play it that's my second endorsement of this game now so that's what I've been doing Chris it's not the second I, I, I can count more but that's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 um it's on PlayStation Four. Then if you have a PlayStation Five, it has enhancements as well, right? So oh yeah, if I could freaking find one. And now, like, I'm all nervous because there's a new version of the PlayStation Five that's out now that's lighter weight. Mm-hmm. But I saw somebody do a teardown the other day, and it's because they made the heat sink smaller. That's what, that's so, what I told you. I was, like, I was like, oh, this that sucks. Yeah, to... and I got to physically see it. Like, yeah, the heat sink's definitely smaller. Like, so are they trying to say that they overdid it on the first one? Because I was almost expecting their um, their kind of change up to be like chip related. Like, oh, there's a chip shortage. Maybe they found a way around it or something like that. But like, why are you taking heat sinks out of it? I feel like the heat sink is the one thing that you don't need to like scrounge up and find. It's just like a piece of metal, right? I don't think there's like a metal shortage. So I don't know what's going on there. So now like even if I found like a PlayStation like randomly at a department store one day, I'd be like, should I buy this? Is this the good one or the bad one? So I don't know, Chris. Just anxiety up and down my entire life, right? Yeah. You sound you sound a little uh little uh 
gun shy about it. Like, uh, should I? Should I? I don't know. Uh, wait till the next one. Wait till the PlayStation five point five, Mike. They'll, they'll give you a <laughs> nice decimal point. Um, but yeah, let's jump into the news. Let's jump into this because we just we just got off. Um, we have a full review episode of Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Starts spoiler free. Jumps into spoilers later on. We have the time codes, but now we will kind of give you an abbreviated version. This movie is now in theaters. Uh, again, little history. I got to see this uh, two and a half weeks ago uh, at an early screening, and I watched it again this morning before or this afternoon for me. It was right for lunch before jumping on record. Mike, you got to watch it yesterday. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a little bit about our theater going experience. How. This movie right now is actually uh, breaking Labor Day box office records. Not just pandemic, no asterisks there. Regular Labor Day box office records. But um, you know, if you still don't want to go, that's fine. This will be on Disney Plus in forty-five days. Um, Mike, I will let you do the honors yet again to jump into <laughs> a, a spoiler-free thoughts on Shang-Chi: Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, I mean, I had a great time. Uh, no huge complaints. Uh, some little speed bumps in the story every now and then, but overall, I had a really great time. I loved the additions of Simu Liu and Aquafina to the MCU. I'm looking forward to their characters persisting and what team-ups they'll have in the future, the dynamics that they'll have with these other characters that we get a little taste of uh, here and there in the movie. Uh, love the rings. Like, you know, I talk about Star Wars and lightsabers all the time. Uh, I feel like these rings are super, super cool. I love the way they uh, are used in the choreography throughout the film, so I'm happy to see uh, mm-hmm. uh, the rings added to the MCU and how these uh, these uh, badass fight scenes will continue on later in our uh, franchise that we talk about here every week. Um, so super excited to see more uh you know dive deep into our spoiler podcast to hear our deep uh spoiler thoughts uh psa two post-credit scenes that chris actually let us know about ahead of time because he got to see the movie two weeks early at an early screening and uh that's how i that's why i knew like no 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 there'll be a after credit scene (laughs) at the end of all these credits stick around so i felt very informed and very empowered in my theater going experience so yeah this is great great addition um this was a correct uh, successful launch of the spaceship Shang-Chi. Uh, good to go. I'm excited, Chris, for more. Yeah, good to go. I agree, and I think I think we're both... Um, it's one of those few reviews... Uh, no, it's not few. One of those reviews where we're, we're kind of on the same page, right? We, we had a great time. This is... Uh, you got a great cast of actors. Again, um, to, uh, you know, Simu Liu, Aquafina, Tony Long. Uh, I cannot pronounce uh, his sister's name, Xiaoling, so I'm not going to butcher it because I will essentially do that. Uh, all, all the the cast was great. There's lots of turns in here. Uh, I use that phrase a lot in the review. Like, you know, it's what you think is going to happen. You know, probably does a few times, but like it definitely humanizes a lot of these characters more than uh, than they could have. They could have easily made it just a generic run of the mill film, and they really pulled some twists and turns. Uh, visually um, spectacular. Uh, very, very. I feel like I feel like I'm actually I, I'm again the culture and everything the the love of that is put into this film and you can see it in the visuals you can hear it in the sounds and it just it's so fun to watch like to the fight scenes the action scenes um I didn't mention this in the review but there are some that are feel very um, Jackie Chan inspired if you will um so uh, I, I I had a really good time and so much so much I saw it twice two weeks apart Mike the the first time didn't deter me from watching it the second time so. Um, yeah, so stay through to the end. Some post-credit scenes you'll definitely not want to miss if you want to see where the future of the MCU is headed. And uh, this is, like I said, great addition. I think he's going to be a great Avenger when he inevitably joins up with the team down there. Now, uh, I, I would have loved to see him fight Thanos with those rings. What would you think to that? Like, you think he would have? Well, yeah. I mean, um, rings we, versus uh, gauntlet. Yeah, we are. We are curious. I mean, that's always like a constant question whenever you see a new character or even a, a consistent character get a new movie. You're always curious what's the power level, right? You know. So if you were worried that you weren't going to be able to have uh, more arguments at your local comic book store, worry not. Uh, there's still plenty of fun to be had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And honestly, uh, for what little comic books I've read with uh, Shang-Chi, he, you're definitely um, you're gonna have a lot more questions if you try to go back and read those. <laughs> you can stick with the movie too. It's pretty fine. Now, before I saw uh, anything else, you want to add to that, Mike? No, uh, I would recommend I this off. film. <laughs> Official Perfect. recommendation. Yes, yes. Two superhero slates up, if whatever that means, or down. We slapped our slates, okay? That's what we're going to do. Uh, anyway. Oh, Chris, don't talk about slapping your slate on the podcast. 
Uh, well, that's what we did last week. Uh, people people definitely enjoyed the uh, the commentary on uh, what was that show? Uh, Cowboy Bebop. So uh, our witty banter. Yes. No. Talking about jerking. That's what it was specifically. <laughs> I got those messages. Anyway, moving on. I got to see a trailer for the Eternals in theaters, uh, and I've not got to see. Uh, you know, this is I think the second time for me. I don't remember what I watched the other one. Maybe it was Black Widow. But the trailer I saw in the theater it has more dialogue and footage than I feel like the one online does. Now, did you get to watch this as well in your going experience? Yeah, I did uh, get to see the Shang-Chi trailer. Uh, I was kind of expecting a Spider-Man trailer as well, but I guess maybe that was uh, loaded into the barrel a little too late. So, But we did get to see the Eternals, big full screen. I got to see that weird green monster uh, and like what, like... 40 feet taller. I don't know how tall a movie theater screen is, but yeah, yeah. it was kind of cool to see this on the big screen. Yeah. And, um, I was just, I was just interesting to note, like to see that they'd done something different with those. Um, like, like why would I, I, I hate that the theatrical one has more than the one online because now I can't go back and break down what the differences were, but I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> I really wish we had this because I think it shows some more of, um, yeah, them using their powers and their abilities some more like oh some banter between the team of, of eternal something about sarcasm never saved the world so um it's got me hyped for that that comes out again in just two months from uh from monday here so uh after the successful box office release box office of shang chi i believe the eternals will stay where it is i believe yeah. we're kind of locked into there so um Kind of got some some fingers crossed for that, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see that. I think it's going to be again having went through Shang Chi, and it's kind of, it's kind of grounded really in in like the the characters, and like you said, a a, a person with with no powers gets rings that kind of give him some abilities, versus the turtles who literally can shoot laser beams out of the freaking eyes, Mike. So um, I'm I'm excited to go go in that way a little bit and see kind of what that does. So um, yeah, check that out. Spider-Man No Way Home, if you were lucky enough to go watch this in an IMAX and see the trailer this weekend, which they did show this trailer in IMAX, um, it confirms that those forearms in that police interrogation room are not Matt Murdock's. Uh, the frame's actually higher, and you get to see the actor there. And then Charlie <laughs> Cox was also out there saying, this is not me. What are you talking about? Uh, I, I actually really love this. Not for the fact that, you know, we were getting, like, confirmation or anything, because I never assumed it was him, right? Like, if you even right. read the scene on a normal, like, you know, 16 by 9 trailer, right? Like, like why would the that character have that demeanor in this scene at this point in time? You know, there's way too much to explain just with these arms. But it's so funny that we get confirmation from just a higher crop of the yep. of the shot, which is just so funny of just like, oh, yeah, you just got to see it in IMAX. I'll answer all your questions. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people were like, oh, uh, they, they didn't probably, probably expect that to be shot down so quickly because everyone's like, they well, love the, hype. Was it Mephisto's arms? You think? Yeah. Like, well, that, that was the, that's what I was going to say. Like, did, do we get to see uh, Mephisto in, in the crop anywhere? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's definitely, um, what people have been talking about this week. And then, and then, uh, Charlie Cox was like, no, that's not me. I, I, people are, are very adamant. He's going to be in the movie somewhere. He married my OB. He's kind of been on like the opposite end right now, but you know, with Marvel movies, if you've got a secret cameo, you deny, deny, deny. Um, mm -hmm. But if he doesn't make it in there, I'm not going to lose sleep over it because it's already shaping up to be a pretty packed movie, right? Like, mm -hmm. if you have Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, those villains, and you know the current MCU trying to put Charlie Cox in there, which just I feel like it'd be a waste. But maybe they could have him somewhere. I don't know. Anyway, speaking of movies that have way too many cameos rumored, let's talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Have oh. you been in a Marvel movie before? Have you thought about being in a Marvel movie before? Well, then you may very well be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness at this point, because we have two <laughs> more rumored two more rumored characters, uh, Mobius and Sylvie from Loki, are rumored to appear in this. Uh, take that with a grain of salt, Mike. Um, if anything, maybe it's maybe there's like a scene where he's flying past all the different branches multiverses and he sees them in like little windows. Yeah, but like, that's what that's what I keep saying. It's like that classic like time travel visual representation where you're falling down a wormhole and a bunch of like grandfather clocks keep flying yeah. by you, right? Like I just feel like we're going to get all of our cameos in a scene like that, right? And people are just going to be like, oh, I feel really let down that I just saw Matt Murdock in a wormhole and he wasn't actually yeah. there doing lawyer stuff for, you know, another Marvel character. And it's just like, ah, just... 
Don't we, raise your hopes too much. Yeah, all, all this pre-recorded footage from another show, we're going to flash at you for a second. Like, we're not filming mm-hmm. new stuff for this. Like, I, is how I feel. So, like, yeah, they were in Loki. They're part of the – one broke the timeline and one is part of the TVA. It's Sure, whatever. But pretty much at this point, uh, the other article was like, oh, the most recent What If character, which was, again, Doctor Strange, will appear in this show. I'm like, can't any What If character at this point essentially show up in Doctor Strange at this point if we're dealing with multiverses? Like, does that feel like a fair to, like, yeah, they could probably be in here, but, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's, yeah. like, the stupidest news it's article funny. I've read all week. Well, it's it's also pretty funny that we've had so many rumors of what could and couldn't pop up in this film. And I, I don't think I've yet heard anything of Mordo popping up in the next Doctor Strange movie, which was, this, which was the end credit scene in the last Doctor Strange movie. So, like, is Mordo going to be in this film? He, What's going to be going on? That much I do. I do know he's in there. I think he's been cast. And I, Rachel McAdams was coming back as well. But that's... I don't know what he what's what's he gonna have time to do show up at another <laughs> post credit scene at this point? Uh, hell, he, he, I guess he's the only cameo we haven't talked about it, right? So <laughs> I also spelled cameos wrong. That's gonna bother me if I don't. Yeah, fix that and that else. that that's also another important thing. I I know the movie is getting built up a lot in our heads, especially since you're adding Scarlet Witch to it, and we have now multiverses. We've seen what the ramifications of that looks like in Loki, and now you're you're appending a lot of that chaos onto a Doctor Strange film, and it's just building up to be this huge huge event. But also at the same time, you got to remember this is a Doctor Strange movie mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be about Doctor Strange. Even when you think about Captain America's Civil War, which believe it or not, if you forgot, was a Captain America yep. movie. Civil War is still at the end of the day, even after the big airport fight scene, was all about Captain America's relationship with his best friend and then kind of like his new BFF uh, Iron Man, if you will. So at some point in the time, this big movie with all these multiverses like flipping in and out has to come back down to the character of Doctor Strange, which is actually something we haven't seen in a little bit. And actually right. we do get to talk about it at the at the end of our at the end of this episode when we talk about what if of the lot of a lot of the cameos that we've seen of Doctor Strange if you can even call them cameos, some of them have elevated to parts of like being full-fledged character in the film, is he's just been on alert. He's been on watch. He's been in problem-solving mm-hmm. mode. We, like, we really haven't seen much character development out of him and, except for him getting the job done. So we got to get yeah. back to what's it like Doctor Strange struggling with some sort of problem in his own movie, and then he solves it at the end of it, right? You know, So you got to well, remember, at the end yeah. of the day, the movie is about Benedict Cumberbatch playing the character of Doctor Strange. And how is yeah. how what, what's he? I mean, if Rachel McAdams is coming back, is it going to be about his relationship with her? Because that's obviously something important that yeah. that Marvel wants to look at wants yeah. us to look and, at well, and then we also have um uh was it miss america um the the time or the dimension hopping character will be in that but i think that was really about it like yeah what what is the on top of uh elizabeth olsen as, as the scarlet witch like yeah i i don't know much about the plot of this movie other than the fact there's a multiverse there's some madness and everyone is rumored to be cameoed in here at some point so um this does come out i believe march of next year uh I actually have the list pulled up here, and if that's the case, I fully expect a trailer March twenty fifth with but with or before the Eternals for this, Mike, to kind of give us a tease of what's what's happening. That would be that would be nice. I I, I yeah, it doesn't because Spider Man comes out in December, December, right? So yeah, it does make me wonder. We're gonna get a trailer for Doctor Strange, maybe before we even see Doctor Strange and Spider Man. I wonder how those are gonna how that's gonna feel. Yeah. I, it'll probably be very light. They probably will make sure that there's not any. Uh, weird yeah, I don't. Crossover. I don't think. Um, again, like you said, Spider-Man movies about Spider-Man, right? Not Doctor Strange. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, so I'm I'm still feeling after watching the trailer, like maybe that's like the first twenty minutes, thirty minutes of the movie in that trailer, and Doctor Strange probably won't show up until the end again. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, very excited to kind of see that. So we got a lot of good stuff on in the pipeline, and then also reminder, Doctor Strange being directed by Sam Raimi uh, of Spider-Man uh, fame. So very excited mm-hmm. to see that what if the show what if not i'm not just posing a question here season two episode will be based on the black widow movie so they're taking this new phase of films and going ahead and creating uh what if episodes out of those so that, that means Ooh. could see a shang chi sus- or yeah like uh, maybe i suspect uh to see taskmaster in this mm-hmm. uh a standout uh 
the, I guess the most uh, interesting standout character in that film because a uh, mysterious power set and everything like that. Maybe it, what if Taskmaster did defeat Black Widow on the bridge, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, where would that where would the trajectory of that franchise go? Right. Yeah. I mean, that it could be that it could be. You know, what if she died during that movie and then she wasn't there to sacrifice herself during Endgame kind of thing? Like, oh yeah. Um. Yeah. There's there's a lot of opportunities there to kind of guess that. So I might kind of see what they do with that. Uh. And uh, I sent you, I believe, I, I don't know how much truth is earlier this week, right? The the list of upcoming episodes, I believe, for for what if the rest of the season uh, mm-hmm. potential titles. I don't know how much validity that has to that um, because I did just get a Funko Pop vinyl of a, a future um, Black Widow that like is like in a post-apocalyptic future. And I'm like, which one would she go in? Which one would she fit into here? Maybe zombies? But other than that, yeah, yeah, it does seem like in the in the zombie what if, if episode, there's got to be at least one character that's not a zombie, right? Otherwise, well, I feel like you're just Sp- seeing a bunch of Spider Man. We talked about has the cape, mm-hmm. and then uh, Scott Lang's head is in a jar, a la Futurama. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, maybe maybe it is that one. I don't know. I'm excited to see the rest of these and see where they go with that. Speaking of zombies and things, we want to you know mystical sorcery stuff like that the midnight suns game we talked about being announced last week put out its first gameplay uh and we talked about being based on the XCOM, the turn-based stuff and then uh add on the turn-based stuff to the uh actual uh gameplay uses card base like uh you have like cards that you like use an attack or an ability or something like that that are randomly dealt to you you can upgrade those over time with this it seems to be a very single player focus game um there's no dlc no no transactional loot boxes to get better cards you do them all in game so uh i i know you you probably haven't had a chance to watch this mike but i mean just based on that description that is you know again turn-based with uh you know you have the cards to use this um what do you what do you think of that because i I like some card-based stuff yeah, I mean, I'm scrolling through it now. Card-based uh, gameplay can be fun. I remember there was definitely a phase of the the Game Boy Advanced where there was a few games I played that had card-based action. You know, Mega Man Battle Network is basically kind of card-based action. I think there was a Kingdom Hearts game that was card-based action. So this isn't necessarily a new concept out there if you've never played it before. It's just kind of another way to do kind of random strategy based gameplay right yeah. of just like oh you got to make sure you level up your kind of deck so you can you know hypothetically get the best cards when you need them uh, but judging based on people's expectations this does not have a very good like thumbs up to thumbs down ratio it seems like people from that first trailer expected something maybe a lot more uh, high octane uh-huh. uh, because, uh, I mean, we knew that this was going to be kind of turn-based, but I- I'm guessing by the reaction to this well, trailer, people are just like, what is happening with this card nonsense? So luckily I wasn't like hyper-focused on what this was gameplay was going to end up being. So yeah, it, it looks like it could be fun. Yeah, I so I bought, well, what was that? when I was in California there with you, uh, the uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, right, for, for the mm-hmm. Switch. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people were looking at it like that. And I, Ultimate Alliance is fun, but I did not have fun with the third as much as I did like the first one. So I'm kind of glad to see them kind of take uh, the property and IP for Marvel, especially with this mysticism realm and kind of put it in a different like gameplay style. So we're not like always stuck doing the same kind of gameplay um, where you just button mashing or button mashing your attacks. So like this one's very strategic. And then there's a really cool, um, I think it's about a minute and 25 into this where Wolverine like knocks someone into like an explosion canister with one of his abilities and then it blows up behind him and uh, Dr. Strange opening portals and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, this comes out again, like I said, March of next year for, for all the, all platforms. That looks like to be a good time. Cause I, like I said, I want some variety in, in games and with Marvel, like, you know, the guardians games coming out single player, no microtransactions. This one seems to be a way they're kind of going with down in the future. Uh, and if you get a chance, Mike, for your PlayStation 4, they ha- they made a Deadpool game uh, about 10 years ago that's really fun that they put out on there as well. So uh, you can huh. check that out. No, no microtransactions, all single-player shooting and guns. That's what we like to hear. I saw in my theater the Venom Let There Be Carnage trailer uh, before this movie, which is interesting because I also did not get Spider-Man. Um, but with that comes the official rating of PG-13 for this movie, Mike, um, which I think a lot of 
I wouldn't say a lot, but like several people will be disappointed to hear this. They were kind of hoping for a R-rated Venom movie. But watching this in the theater, I was actually surrounded by several families with kids watching this um, trailer. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of scared by it, if I'm going to be honest. The kids were like, like you could actively hear them like kind of not enjoying what they were seeing. Like from like Carnage attacking people and sticking his tongue down someone's throat. I'm like, is this the kind of trailer you want to put in front of like a regular Marvel movie overall? Like even if it is PG 13, I feel like it's a little violent. Uh, it's funny that it's funny that you bring it up because I actually do remember we had the venom trailer in front of our Shang-Chi movie as well. And, uh, our reaction, I think was a, the, the theater's reaction was a little different. I heard somebody kind of like snicker, like at the end, like, what is this movie? Which is funny. Cause like, Oh, that's kind of the feeling I have too, but it does feel a lot more visceral on the big screen. Like when you watch it just in a YouTube video on your computer, it, you know, the effect isn't quite as there, but seeing Carnage on the big screen, I do get a little bit more of an impact. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to like a good story or a good film at the end of the day, but yeah, you know, you do lose a little bit when you're watching it on a window on yeah. your computer. Yeah, and I just think, you know, again, um, if this is PG 13, they are pushing, I feel like they're pushing the boundaries. Like, even with the trailer, like, it, mm. I, they have, they can kill people, right? It's fine, but like, yeah. literally to like, Again, Carnage sticks his tongue down someone's throat and kills him, like on the screen. Yeah. Like this is this is rough. Like even yeah. for me to sit here and watch. But I mean, the the first one was PG thirteen. So right. do but people I did, I, like? I I don't know. I I would love it if anybody out there has any uh, examples. But I can't think of any franchises that have gone from rated R from PG thirteen to rated R as it progressed. It's usually almost always the other way around. It starts as rated R and then you want to grab more audience and you switch it to PG thirteen to make it more, you know, family friendly. Like think like Die Hard or something like that. I I just can't imagine it going in a different direction. Like, oh, do you want to make sure people who loved your first movie can't go see the sequel because they're not old enough? So yeah, yeah I don't know why people were expecting a rated R rating yeah. second time around. Oh yeah, I, I don't think so either. But I, I definitely think they're they're pushing it and i'm kind of i'm kind of going through here um there's actually a list of movies that went from r to pg-13 sequels uh and the list is not good none of these are good <laughs> um uh, robocop 3 alien versus predator uh live free or die hard which was uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's just some yippee kaye mother explosion. Oh, unfortunately, uh, yeah. I can't finish saying my catchphrase. He didn't. He, he didn't say speed to cruise control. Uh, I did not know this first speed was a R-rated in my head, but speed two is not. Uh, and yeah, stuff like that. So anyway, uh, scary movie three, Mike. We were just talking about scary movie earlier. Um, anyway, Venom: Let There Be Carnage uh, officially rated PG thirteen. No surprise there. Uh, we'll uh, we'll keep you posted. I believe that's locked in for October now, so that'll probably be one of the next movies we watch, right? Yeah, uh, I think so. So, do that. Rick and Morty, Mike. The last episode of the season, I believe, is is going to debut this today. Is that right? The yeah, last? it's Sunday. I mean, Sunday. I don't know if it's today, but Sunday, I believe, is the Rick and Morty day. Well, it, they so they did all they did nine episodes, and the tenth one had several weeks. So yeah, it is today. It's been off the air for a couple weeks. The finale was uh, delayed till today, uh, so it will be on tonight. So in honor of that, they've given us some live-action Rick and Morty uh, promos that involve Christopher Lloyd, Doc Mar- Doc Brown, Brown and Marty, yeah, um, as Rick. So this is funny because Rick and Morty was a parody of Back to the Future, mm-hmm. uh, and then now we've brought Christopher Lloyd back to play that character as Rick. In a live action universe, yeah, it's gone full circle. He he's doing a pretty good Rick too. I don't know, I don't know in what universe you would ever really make an earnest live action uh, Rick and Morty, but you know you could do you could do worse, I suppose. Yeah, I, I didn't. I've been kind of keeping my eye off of Rick and Morty because I don't really have any consistent way to watch it because it just doesn't air day and date or even like next day on any streaming service so i've just been waiting for it to finish so i can just binge it i'm, I'm assuming it's going to be hbo max is where it's going to go so i was just like oh are they doing like is this like a reference to something that's happened in the season or something like that and then you know rick and morty does does so many collabs and they do so many like you know cross branding synergy with so many different Such things like pringles <laughs> and like wendy's and stuff like that i was like is this a cross promo thing are they what are they are they advertising a brand or are they 
the show. I, I didn't know, so I didn't look into it. But, you know, yeah, there are just like two like little shorts. that I guess they're just promos for, it's for the show. Rick and Morty in general. But, yeah, yeah. they're fun. It's, it's cool to see it. Well, and it's uh... – Again, I think the the most discerning thing is, or not discerning, the most like thing that takes me away is like they're not using Justin Roiland's voices. Like he didn't voice over them, right? Like they're using like mm-hmm. the real actors' voices, and that's perfectly fine. But um, the second one is like a pickle Rick reference, and everyone's like, "Oh, we just only get one, and that's all we'll ever get." But like, there's another one that dropped today, so like, I, I don't think we'll get a full live action episode. But like, these promos are pretty fun. Like, I, I'm not I'm not a Rick and Morty diehard person, but like these are still very entertaining, especially with the Christopher Lloyd reference from, yeah. from before. And they're say- and it's saying um, on the tweets themselves that are sharing these videos, it's giving it a caption of like C one twenty seven, C one thirty two, or C one point two one. Which, if I remember right, that's how they they label the different universes within. Yes. Rick and Morty. So I, I don't know if like these have popped up before. So they could just be insinuating that this is just another uni- another Rick and Morty universe that just is a live action universe. Like if there's if there's a Cronenberg universe, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a live action universe. Yeah, exactly. And and they're leading they're leading into it and it looks like it's a lot of fun. So we'll probably have more updates on that uh, next week. DC's fandom dropped an announcement this week, Mike. Uh the upcoming um fandom will be October 16th 2021 and they are finally streaming this everywhere you don't have to use their platform it'll be on YouTube and Twitch and anywhere that streams video so there's a low barrier to entry so mm-hmm. that seems great I think there's gonna have all sorts of properties there you know teases from probably you know Shazam and Aquaman and um, was it super pets but I think the biggest thing is they confirmed a the Batman trailer will be revealed at fandom again so nice um, I fandom last year was pretty actually surprised me. I, I think it came out with a lot of fun stuff whenever they did it. Like, um, you know, again, the first Batman trailer, I believe, but yeah, I'm excited to see this one now. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of HBO max announcements, I believe, uh, last year that kind of, that's when yes. we got like the Zatanna like show and, you know, some of those other things kind of squared away. Um, this is, will be roughly around the same time that I think, isn't Disney uh, going to be doing something around like the fall as well? Disney, where they're doing an, Disney uh, Plus Day do- is uh, November twelfth. Gotcha. So these are you know like roughly like apart. four weeks apart. So yeah. it's going to be a busy uh, busy couple weeks for us here on the podcast. Yeah, and I, I remember that. I still remember the excitement of that Disney investor call last year. Mm-hmm. Man, like I'm still riding that high a year later. <laughs> we haven't had really anything else to redeem that. But yeah, fandom coming up. Very excited for that. We'll keep you guys posted on everything. Uh, if anything, uh, reach out to you guys. Let us know. I, again, I think you're right. I forgot about the HBO Max stuff. We could, we could get Green Lantern casting, maybe a first look at that show yeah. and some of the other stuff. I think it'd be really cool to, to get that. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is the upcoming movie. Uh, James Wan is currently filming this, and he gave us – I believe these are concept art, Mike. Correct me if I'm wrong. It looks like they took headshots from the movie and put them on a new body. So Jason Momoa is wearing – his regular King of Atlanta suit, and now he's got a black suit, like black-suited Superman, black-suited Aquaman version here called the Stealth Suit. Um, Man, comic books just love making the suit black, right? You know, it's like it's like the most badass, like '90s way to kind of transition your hero of just like take all the color out of his costume. It's all black, so it's just funny to see that kind of trickle down to Aquaman now. Yeah. Um, so my understanding is that this is um, in the comic books. He gets a stealth suit, kind of like Iron Man. Like every every person gets a stealth suit, right? In the comic books. So uh, this is based on Cephalopod's camouflaging ability. Um, it still looks like his concept art, so I don't believe this is the final version. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if. Yeah, well, it's pretty close one, to this. One thing I didn't realize um, that popped up in the articles when this was written today, because this news just dropped today with this uh, black suit, this first look, was uh, I guess James Wan was quoted just a few weeks ago saying that this classic uh, horror film, Planet of Vampires, is a big inspiration for the sequel mm-hmm. of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And if you're not familiar with uh, Planet of Vampires, much like myself is not familiar with it, uh, apparently it's a movie that has inspired. Um, films like Alien, 
or Prometheus, a lot of Ridley Scott stuff. So it's it sounds like this is going to be an Aquaman adventure where they go to um, a new unfamiliar land, or AKA a lost kingdom, and then there's going to be some sort of secret threat there that they're not expecting you, on their excursion. Do you think this is like maybe he's merged that canceled the trench idea of horror and like zombies into like this lost kingdom mentality? Like that could be a possibility, but also it is James Wan, the director who comes from horror roots and it seems like he really likes these horror roots this isn't necessarily like a horror director that feels like they're upgrading to an action franchise and can leave the the world of horror behind them it seems like James Wan just wants to make these types of stories so maybe regardless of whether the trench was happening or not this was going to be kind of a kind of spooky I don't think this is going to be scary at all I mean like we we kind of got that promise with remember the new mutants nobody said people respond and say nothing uh but that was like the closest thing i think we've ever got to scary and it was never scary i think just the kind of the villain design of those weird kind of faceless creatures were kind of creepy but yeah i i haven't seen anything scary when it's come to superhero and i don't think this is going to be it either but um i think maybe that's where the black suit kind of comes down on the line like we're probably going to see this suit down in that world Maybe yeah. this is a new suit that he puts on down there, or he's been Aquaman for a little while now, so maybe he has like his own little like the like sewing team that just makes him so new stuff. Do, you, I don't do know. you think he goes into like an underwater phone booth to change into it, like a uh, like Superman? To, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, well, you gotta. I mean, that's the only place you can change in this yeah. world. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it looks fine. I mean, uh, again, not the final version, but um, changing outfits is not really new to comic books or characters so if he has different outfits for different purposes so be it um even the fact that it's based on like a a marine animal and their abilities even you know adds a little more validity to it so uh i'm excited for aquaman again uh jason momoa uh famously uh what did he tell you my man is that what he said to you Uh, oh yeah he pointed at me once it was exciting yeah so honestly uh we've got a lot invested in this movie uh because of jason momoa (laughs) The Suicide Squad got some cool, uh, cool effect looks here. I sent this to you earlier this week. Um, mm-hmm. For Polka Dot Man, they actually use practical effects for David Dasmalian. Um, so they essentially put all this makeup on him and put like color changing LEDs under them. So when his skin glows, it's like it was real like skin. And I like this looks really cool. Like uh, uh, if anyone's looking for cosplay ideas, uh, <laughs> throw a couple of hue bulbs under some. Some skin looking stuff and, and you yeah. can go, go do cosplay. Yeah, it's always cool because I mean this is something that you you know, you could have done unpractical, right? You know, you just map his face on a computer, throw some uh kind of CG objects on there that kind of glow with the light, but the fact that they could do it practical is really, really cool. Uh yeah, it makes for some cool behind the scenes shots. Yeah, you gotta check out our show notes so you can kind of see these uh behind the scenes uh photos because it looks so weird. Yeah. My favorite thing is the first reply under that is where someone has taken Weasel and photoshopped him into the Cat in the Hat scenes from that <laughs> live-action Cat in the Hat movie. And I'm like, this this is brilliant. Uh, the internet is a great place to be sometimes. And this is one of those moments. Also, James Gunn said, if you notice that the, the vital sign indicators that the uh, uh, Nathan Fillion's TDK is still alive, um, <laughs> and that he never died, so... He, I suppose they only pumped his arms full of bullets. Yeah. So <laughs> you think they you think they put him back on him? Or yeah. he's gonna get like mechanical like uh Mortal Kombat slash um, Oh god. <laughs> like uh what was that character's name in Mortal Kombat? Jax. Uh, Jax, he's gonna get Jack's arms. I mean maybe maybe this is just like a subtle hint that we might be seeing him in the uh, Peacemaker TV show coming up on HBO Max next year. That's true. Uh, that's true. Uh, did you know that James Wan was a producer for Mortal Kombat? Because <laughs> this all ties it back together. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, I think that's cool. Uh, Nathan Fillion, again, big name, been in like almost every James Gunn thing. Didn't really get a lot of love here uh, in uh, in this. Well, he's funny, but I think it's great that they, they can possibly use him again. So. Well, it's that time of the episode, Mike, where we get to jump into What If, this week's What If, episode four, uh, and we're going to be discussing this full disclosure, full spoilers. We're not going to hold anything back, so if you've not watched it, pause it, go catch it out, uh, come back. Uh, I feel this was a little bit of a longer episode, Mike. I feel like the the time was over 30 minutes on this one. Do you you remember? Yeah, I I wasn't checking, but this one was definitely intense, right? I feel like this episode is a little unique on a couple of fronts where we don't really have the kind of uh, 
uh, ambiguous ending necessarily. Like a lot of our other en other endings has shown us maybe what part two could be. And this one is kind of just sit there kind of creepily uh, like lingering, right? So, and he's just left crying and then it cuts to credits, which was pretty intense. Yeah. Um, the uh, the the episode feels very dark overall, where I felt like there's been hope, kind of at least shines yeah. of it in some of these other parts of it. Um, it's like this uh, is like like the wind out of my sails for the day. Like uh, yeah, again, if you're in a good mood, this is gonna like knock you down a notch or two. Like, yeah. don't watch but this in I, a bad mood. You won't come out feeling better. Yeah, but one thing I I feel like I am struggling trying to figure out uh, two parts of it. So it's it's been a bit since I've seen it since I watched it on Wednesday. Um, so the inciting incident is supposed to be that the car crash now has Rachel McAdams in the car. Well, so but the, I, the, the the inciting incident is that he takes uh, Christine with him to the like she accepts to go to the dinner instead. Oh, because I couldn't quite remember exactly. I was just like, I know no one was in the car with them the first time around. So I was like, well, why is she in the car now? So I guess you really kind of have to know where the uh, where the inc what happens just before the inciting yeah. incident now, so you can quite understand yeah, it. it. It's like last week we talked about. They didn't really tell us what it was. Uh, you know, right? Like, like kind of right off. Yeah, this one you had to infer a little bit because they deal. This one focuses more on the consequences rather than the actual event itself. Uh, yeah. Because exactly. there's a lot of consequences going on yeah. here. And then it gets a little confusing because the Ancient One ends up fracturing the timeline into two pieces. And I'm not necessarily, necessarily saying I can't understand that or comprehend it, but it gets really confusing, especially since like now we have to deal with this narrative of a, of a multiverse fracturing. So it's just like, we're already watching a story that is a splinter of a reality. And within that reality, it's being splintered in half by the ancient one, but it's being split in half, not by pure chance, but like by magic. So it, it, it gets a little confusing, but then also the stakes of the episode are uh, he is destroying the entire universe because of like this thirst for power and the, like this paradox yeah. that's building. So, but then my head has to rationalize, okay, well, is he destroying the entire universe that he's within or is he destroying like everything? Like I never would have thought in a, I never would have thought that like, when I'm watching like something in the Marvel cinematic universe that the stakes could get bigger than the universe. It's yeah. like, Oh, well is he destroying just his own universe? Because now there's multiple universes. So like how bad of a scenario so is this for, really for my, the way I took it. And again, this is just me to, to rationalize how this works is that when, when the ancient ones split it, she split them, but they're still intertwined because they're half of the same strange, right? It's like she didn't create two completely separate universes where they're whole stranges. She split stranges in half. So it's like, Imagine it's one universe, but kind of split down the middle. So one, it's still one width, but like it's half and half the way because there's two mm -hmm. strangers at half power, if you will. Um, and then one, but the other one's getting juiced on the, uh, creatures. The other one is entirely going down some body horror, like freaking. He's eating other source. What I, I assume to be other sorcerer supremes from other mm -hmm. dimensions. Uh, because, you know, he even gets his cape from, like, a little bug, uh, little guy that he throws back. He's like, I don't want to eat you, but I'll take your cape. Um, but, like, that was weird to see him kind of absorb all those and, like, take on the personality or the, the physical traits of those mm -hmm. creatures as he did. And I was like, this is really fun in animation. Like, this looks really cool in this regard of how, yeah. how he's doing this. And then, ultimately, this is probably the greatest strength of a What, ep what If episode is you don't have to follow kind of the the conventional narrative of just like he defeats the good guy he tackles and yeah. overcomes Doctor Strange and absorbs him to become like this like all powerful super being. mega ultra strange yeah and then it, it rises to the to the uh, to the scenario of Jeffrey Wright yeah. kind of breaks this like this wall that he has with what he's observing and he actually talks to strange, which I thought was very kind of almost eerie because he's yeah. just been like this omnipotent being watching. And now all of a sudden he's like talking to him. I was like, Oh, this is actually really powerful. Yeah. Like I thought we might not get a scenario like this until maybe like the season finale. Yeah. So I think, I think it's going to slowly kind of see him do more because he does say no, but like the interesting part with this one is this entire universe is strange has as destroyed at the end of like he did everything to keep Christine alive 
and then ended up once he brought her back, destroyed everything else, including her again. And then he created like was it like a crystal like little orb around him of like he's the only thing left there. Yeah, uh, it's like Chekhov's magical egg. I just yeah. feel like this like crystal egg is gonna hatch at some point in time, and we're gonna see this like villainous like deranged strange. And like this is the first time I got the feeling that like oh maybe this character is the one that branches off into live action, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've been told that that we could possibly see that crossover. You know, we, there's rumors that you know Captain Carter might be popping up in a multiversal scenario. But like imagine like this super like body horror. Gra- Graphic, like Benedict Cumberbatch showing up on live action. Yeah. I think that could be really cool. Or he could just be like a big bad villain that maybe well, some of our um, multiversal Avengers has to fight at some he, point in time. That could be fun as well. Exactly. Well, he, I think that's the, that's the key point is he asked the Watcher for the help. The Watcher said no. So mm-hmm. I think he's going to try to get revenge on the Watcher later on because yeah. he's going to sit could, there and get probably get madder and like – you know, more furious at the soul situation. Yeah. Now you could correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I haven't really read many comic book runs that involve the watcher to really any length, but, and I can't remember which one it was, but I swear I've read one where the watcher does technically involve himself in the story. Like so he actually changes the, the course of whatever I was reading. And I just can't quite remember what it was. The watcher watches except when he appears and then, you know, he's going to change something. Like he's one of those guys who's like, I do as I say, not as I do. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um. And he he he's been in trouble. He was killed in a in a book um called uh, uh something original sin uh mm-hmm. and um actually the 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 Nick Fury of that universe ends up being the Watcher for that universe being able to watch something. But like, um, there are other ones, uh, other Watchers of. There's not just one Watcher. There's there's a race of them as we've kind of seen. But yeah, he he will definitely ultimately involve himself because that is the nature. Like again, like I said, that's Chekhov's Watcher. Like he says he can't interact, but what's he gonna do? He's gonna interact. He's gonna do. But something. also, he's kind of also like this this all knowing being as well too. So like his level of interaction could be something as small as like knocking over a domino. And then that, you know, totally changes the course of like, you know, humanity. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he uh, decides to dip his toe in the pool at some point in time during what if, but this is a really intense episode. I've been really annoyed by this meme going around that says like, Oh, episode four of, Marvel Disney shows, man, those are it. That's the one that you got to look out for. And I just kind of want to be like, your people are running off of way too small of a sample size. There's only been a couple of Disney Plus shows already, and they all have different varying episode lengths, right? So the fourth episode is not always going to be like an episode that's really going to hit hard, right? And then they're throwing the, uh, and then of course I'm totally biased because I didn't like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so I don't care that the fourth episode is the one where he killed that dude with the uh, with Captain America shield. I just didn't like the show was in that, general. Was so. that the fourth one? Yeah, apparently that was the fourth I one. I don't I couldn't like tell you like body. what fourth episode was in what in any of these goddamn shows. Uh Yeah, because they're kind of meant to just be like a longer narrative that where they yeah. just kind of break up the, you know, the acts by episode. So, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes just the the fandom just annoys me. So, that's just one thing yeah. that's annoying me. Well, I mean, uh do you think you saw Mephisto in this episode? Oh, uh, that's the question, right? Yeah, I mean, geez, Mephisto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, which which Sam Raimi Spider-Man villain was in this, and is it, who was Mephisto? Probably the same. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I yeah, swear, no, I, I saw Charlie Cox in one of those uh, multiple uh, yeah. time jumps. Yeah, he was one of the. Other, he was the guy driving the other car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. He's blind. He's though. blind. He can't <laughs> drive. I mean. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I think I think like I said, I think this was one that I was like, oh, this is like a gut punch kind of thing because you know, yeah, he, he, it's like where Doctor Strange essentially, you know, what if he was selfish and did stuff for his own, you know, results mm-hmm. rather than helping the world? And it's a fair assessment. It was it was a fair. Cool. Um, I mean, I know the I know the cast wasn't necessarily large on this one, but I think we got all of the voice acting returning yes. for this one. So this really kind of felt like very authentic. I, I don't think I got that feeling in this one where the characters didn't sound like themselves, even though the actor was the same. I, like it, it sounded like Stephen Strange pretty much the entire way through I, for me. I will say, you know, all the actor, all the actors look great, except the one they got for uh, Christine, uh, Rachel McAdams, that mm-hmm. just looked like a generic woman. Like there was no defining feature to make that look like Rachel McAdams. Yeah, and 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 I mean that is kind of the unfortunate thing too, because when you're doing like a caricature 
of like of a, of a celebrity or something that people already recognize, you do kind of have to latch on to like a defining feature, right? And like Benedict Cumberbatch has like these defining features in his eyes and his like face shape and everything, and especially like his like goatee and everything. So it's really easy to key in on him. But I guess fortunately slash unfortunately, Rachel McAdams has the benefit of just being a good looking woman that just has very kind of standard features. So yeah, you do kind of have to rely on the voice to really kind of connect you to Rachel's face. And I would say the voice to me, I mean, her voice didn't sound like didn't stand out like I'm like oh god that's Rachel I could that's Rachel McAdams from Mean Girls you know I like, didn't didn't really like pull me in either like I would say of all of them that's the one that, that probably bothers me the most but like it didn't ruin the, the episode the episode was the story and the, and everything was still so good it just it drew me in like these these, mm. these episodes are getting they're not getting better but like I'm so happy like that first one was like a bad sample of like hey we just gender swapped one character enjoy your your series and I'm like. Thank God they're actually doing something fun. And this one was we really do, We do get to see that uh, tentacled creature return. I, I yes. mean, as far as I can tell, I feel like it's the same 3D model. Uh, yeah. And this time around, Doctor Strange. Maybe this is going to show you that the threat level that he's obtaining, right? He's yeah. powerful enough to just easily destroy this kind of leviathan that's coming oh. out of the portal. Well, I don't even think he did that. He, he, just, did, he just got smarter and cut his arms off. Um, so I, I think it's got more arms. It's probably It'll probably be fine. But yeah, it was interesting to see that. And you know that's that's our second one. Other than the Watcher, like those tentacles are like our through line. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see this and see what more. I really enjoyed again this one before we wrap it up. Is the he he did the Dormammu thing where he like he just like uh, he, he just he was able to use his time to redo that night over and over again. And, and it kind of had like what was it, a Final Destination approach to it. Like you can't yeah. cheat death; it will find you no matter what you do. And they were they were getting they. He was doing everything he could, and even, like, it was getting pretty creative there for a bit, so. Yeah, and we did actually, I would say, get a new bit of lore for the MCU of there are these points in time. I don't remember what the Ancient One called them. She had, like, a phrase for it, like, this is, like, a fixed point, or yeah. this is, like, a unchangeable point. So, I mean, this could retroactively fix maybe some really big, big nitpick, nitpick, nitpicks Nitpicks that people have just like well why didn't he use the time stone just go back and fix this and stuff well you know it's a fixed point in time that can't change you know that's just the story that we're going with and then also Uh, if you look at loki they could have he could have done that and they could have wiped it clean yeah that's true and you know what i do feel like especially with this kind of just adding to maybe confusion is a bit of a stretch to say but with all of these different timeline splits these different multiverses all of this stuff that like marvel's building up to i do feel like we're we're uh, approaching at some point in time in the next couple of years like a big kind of comic book event thing where they do in publication all the time where like this universe has gotten way too confusing we have lost track of all of our books we have had all of these new authors and writers bring in new different versions of the characters let's condense this let's streamline this stuff down again because our readers are confused i wouldn't be surprised if the mcu gets to like that at some point in time you know okay well we pulled in some of these like obscure characters from these different franchises you know we got them into our universe and now that they're here and we like the cast of characters that we have now let's just collapse this multiverse and go back down to a normal freaking timeline that people can understand um and so i i would expect that maybe at some point in time that's going to be our maybe like big phase five event or maybe even like phase six event or something like that they because i don't think they can keep this going perpetually um you know for a while it's just it's just gets a little messy but i'm having fun with it right now yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there's there's a lot they can do with this. And, you know, uh, my wife was talking about it, and she's like, you know, these are – she's like, I don't understand the multiverse as well as you do, obviously. And I'm like, that's fine. And she's like, I'm really glad that these episodes are, like, helping people dip their toes in the idea of multiverses and different timelines. So I think, you know, for us who's in it every day, you know, we can find things that don't really make sense. But for uh, the common people uh, out there, they're, they're really enjoying it and finding value in these. And I think that's, that's still good, like – they can watch these without having to watch everything else and, 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 and feel comfortable whenever we eventually get to that multiverse of madness and how they wrap all this uh, magical stuff up and figure out what the next phase is. So mm-hmm. um, I'm down with that. Anything else, Mike, that it? What if? No, I, th- I, th- I think that's it for uh, this week of Superhero Slate. Well, what if we ended the episode and what if can people find you at? 
<laughs> well, if people want to what if find me, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And they can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. People know more about the show, more about the stuff. Go listen to our Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings review. Where can they find that at? Oh, it's so easy. All you got to do is visit our HQ, and that's SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to check out uh, the behind the scenes of the Suicide Squad, if you want to see that practical effect for Polka Dot Man, if you want to see those live action Rick and Morty uh, little promos, we got all of those leaks in our uh, show notes, and you can find us at Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at Superhero Slate dot com slash store we love hearing from you and we love it when you reach out and you let us know what you're watching what you're feeling what you're excited about uh so reach on out to us at superhero slate and we love to hear from you and if you're a super fan of the show and you want to continue to be a super fan or if you just want to be upgraded to super fan class all you have to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and of course get vaccinated and we will be here every week folks that's right we'll see you guys next week bye Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Yeah, now we're just we're just killing time until uh, Battlefield comes out.